Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. After this brief intro, you'll hear the audio from our latest live Instagram Q&A. Our live sessions are so much fun. We basically Mm -hmm. show up and connect, commiserate, and build skills alongside our upbringing community. Folks write in ahead of time or chime in with questions and struggles around kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors. We typically explore five to 15 questions and offer our take, our instincts, our goals, helpful phrasing, and ways to parent with alignment and integrity using our resist approach. Thank you for being here and for supporting us. And if you'd like to give your family and upbringing some extra support, please visit our website at upbringing.co to learn about our upcoming membership community, as well as our shop, which is now full of informative guides and inspiring prints based on everything we've shared here on the podcast these past two years. Wow. Two years. (laughs) Thanks for growing up alongside us one conversation at a time. Here we go. Hello. Hey, I'm Hannah. This is Kelty. We're upbringing. Um, we're here to talk about our sensitive and strong-willed kids mm-hmm. for our weekly live Q&A. We're here. We've, we're also here to answer your questions if you have any about our uh, strong-willed sensitive kid small group coaching clubs, yeah. which are enrolling right now. We've only got a few days left to sign up for a small group Zoom class every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific time or 6 p.m. Pacific time, Mondays in February. Four sessions. Right. <clears throat> Check it out on our website. Hello. Or in the show notes. Hello. Yeah. For those of you who uh, have been coming to these lives, you might have an idea of how Kelty and I roll. And they're fun. We talk about all the big feelings and the challenging behaviors of our sensitive and strong-willed kids, but mm-hmm. we don't get to actually connect with you that much. Mm-hmm. Right? We don't get to actually talk about your challenges. We don't get to talk about our structure and our approach and how that can work with you in new ways mm-hmm. um, as you navigate those challenges with your kids, right? Yeah. So but the small group coaching is so fun yeah. to be able to dive into people's really specific challenges that they're experiencing with their kids, kind of find unifying elements through everyone's challenges. We do individual coaching on there, so you get to watch other people get coached through similar challenges. We yeah. break up every session, all four sessions into a different topic based on what everyone's going through. So like one Monday meeting might be about our kids' bodies. So hygiene, sleep, showering, dressing, bathing. All the resistance around those things Mm -hmm. we discuss. Yeah. And then the next one might be something about like verbal and physical aggression, which is a big one for a lot of folks we coach with in the groups. So we just pull it all out and we kind of work through our framework, our freedoms model, our resist approach. We talk about um, our kind of like belief 
goal role or belief role impact kind of trajectory. Yeah. It's fun. It's, it's all fun, fun though. It's fun. It's yeah. just fun to know. I think too, uh, that we're not alone. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of us think, Oh my gosh, I'm the only parent out there who has, um, a sensitive or strong-willed child. Mm-hmm. Everyone else seems to have it easy. Everyone else, when they tell their kid to do something, they just, they do, just it. do it. Right? They're never the ones causing the trouble at the mm-hmm. grocery store, at the birthday party, mm-hmm. at the park, staying up till right? midnight. Right. Resisting, yeah. you know, all of the hygiene stuff, all of the mealtime stuff, right? I think mm-hmm. sometimes what happens in our homes, we just think is, uh, it's just us and it's not. And so I think a huge part of that, the small group coaching and just being here even live with you now is to say, you're not alone. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with your, your child. And that we're all showing up and growing up together. Mm-hmm. And these hardest moments with our kids are amazing opportunities for us to uh, practice powers beyond control and to show up in a different way um, mm-hmm. that, that um, raises us and elevates us, builds those skills that we maybe didn't get. And also raises an, a different human and mm-hmm. another generation, right, of kids that can uh, be change makers, right, in a different way because they're not being conditioned through control in the home and then outside of it. Yeah, I think we talk a lot about beliefs, just what our kids deserve, um, what their needs are, uh, what what what's what is it with kids? Why do they resist? Is mm-hmm. resistance okay? We think it's okay. We think it's okay. really good, and we love kind of unpacking these these beliefs. Um, these conventional beliefs, this cultural conditioning that we've all undergone through our own childhood, through pop culture, through all the things. Yeah. And we love just kind of picking it apart and saying, okay, once everyone's on board, they're like, but what do I do when they resist? But what, what happens next? Or how can I approach this? Or how can I bring that new lens and that new heartfelt approach into real scenarios and unpack those right. when I'm feeling challenged by my kid, right? Mm-hmm. Let's see if ours comes stumbling in right now. Mm-hmm. Our kids are five, six, seven, and eight. They're very sensitive and very strong-willed and they're our biggest teachers mm-hmm. and they're why we're here. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do any of you, uh, are you parenting sensitive and strong-willed kids? What's mm-hmm. going on for you? Type in here um, mm-hmm. and let us know. We also have um, several Q&As that we've received mm-hmm. um, from folks that we could dive into here for a little bit. I know somebody keeps DMing and chiming in on the stickers saying, 15-month-old uh, resisting... Um, what is it? The <clears throat> eating, sitting in the high chair, oh, eating, yeah. keeps running away from the table. It, <clears throat> they've been asking so long. It was 14 month old and now it's 15 month old. That's how oh. long they've been asking. So we got to talk it? about I that one. Where it is. Okay. They answer the sticker. Okay. The where do, they, where do you get the DM'd. sticker? How do you do that? The stories here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. There. We can see who does our, our tech stuff here. 15 month old high chair resistance. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's dive into that one really quick. If anyone has any questions about our small group coaching, we've only got a few days left to enroll for that. Check it out on our website yeah. at upbringing.co forward slash small group coaching, or you can find it on the website really easily. It's also yeah. our link in bio here on Instagram. Yeah. So 15 months old, not <clears throat> wanting to sit in the high chair, right? That's mm-hmm. so natural. That's so normal. When our kids are um, getting a little more independent, they're on the move. They're running, they're walking, they're interested in everything. Mm-hmm. They're busy, busy, busy. And it's hard to nail them down sometimes when, when we feel that it's time for them to eat. Right. I think it could also be, we can think about this. So not all of us have a 15 month old anymore or yet. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're not resisting the high chair, but think mm-hmm. about where our kids could be right now, resisting something with their body where we want their body to be in a certain place. Like, 
um, in their seat doing their homework or in the bathtub in the car. or in the car <laughs> or whatever it is. And they're just like, uh, no, I don't think so. That mm -hmm. doesn't sound good to me right now. Right. It's really frustrating. Right. It's really hard. But I think we have to look beneath the behaviors. And I think maybe we can come up with like three little ideas mm -hmm. in this improv riff about what this this parent of this 15 month old could do to support her son and help him but maybe understand why he doesn't want to be in the high chair and then help him find a way to eat because that's the goal. The goal isn't to get him into the high chair necessarily. The goal is for him to sit and eat safely. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, one big recommendation for anyone when our kids are having trouble um, sitting still, folding themselves into a chair, car seat, whatever it is, is get those wiggles out ahead of time. Get that nervous system integrated before that thing. Mm -hmm. And I think we talk often about just thinking anytime you're, you're about to enter a transition, whether it's getting out the door into the car, go to school, whether it's getting towards bed, whether it's moving towards bath, whether it's um, going to grandma's house, any, anything, any transition, and especially the transitions where they're going to need to sit and focus, right? Mm -hmm. Where they're going to have to hold their little body still, right? That's when we want to purge the nervous system. We want to integrate it. We want it mm -hmm. to feel like all those wiggles have gotten out. Mm -hmm. So then they can get in that car seat, get in that high chair, get in that bathtub, lie down in bed. It also so happens that like those are perfect moments to be engaging with our kids. Mm -hmm. So instead of just being like, go get in the chair or go get in the car or go do whatever, we say, let's have a dance party. Mm -hmm. Or we say, can you do a wheelbarrow? You walk with your hands and I'll hold your feet. Or can I hang you upside down by the ankles? Can we do dippies where you sit in my lap and I dip mm -hmm. you backwards let's and bring you, you back up? Let's get you on the spin chair, get that vestibular input, right? right? Can we jump off the couch and jump onto pillows or mm -hmm. push you onto pillows? Can we you scream into pillows or do a Tickle party, laugh, right? right? Hit that vagal nerve, vagus nerve, vagus nerve. Vagus These nerve. are all ideas that we can that help our, our kids regulate their nervous system so that they can show up to the dinner table, to the bathroom, to the mm -hmm. car, mm -hmm. to anywhere, to the bedroom, feeling a little bit more balanced in their bodies. Mm -hmm. And that can oftentimes be the only thing they needed to feel successful in the high chair or wherever it is, right? Mm -hmm. so that'll be our first recommendation for this parent. I think the second recommendation would be to ask why does it have to be the high chair mm -hmm. and how, how am I actually going about putting this child in the high chair or inviting them into the high chair? And is the mm -hmm. way I'm going about it, maybe what's bothering them the most. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I think that there are lots of, of ways we can say, it seems like you're wanting to leave. Are you not hungry? So if they're like, no, I'm not hungry. I would say, okay, we're going to put your food away and we'll try again in half an hour. Yeah. Right. And if it's like, wow, we're out of time. This is their last chance to eat. They haven't had that much. I would work a little harder on trying to get them there as opposed to respecting their right to say, I don't want to be here. Right. So I'd say, do you want to sit on my lap and eat? Okay. Do you want to come sit over here? Come on over. Sometimes when my son is waning and he's just like, I just need to be moving. And I'm just feeling at loose ends about this meal. And I say, do you want to sit on my lap and eat? He'll be like, yes. I just want to come plop on my lap, eat a little bit more, graze a little more. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that the, the way we invite them into the, the high chair, instead of just picking them up and plopping them in before they're ready, mm -hmm. right? Can we have it open? Can they climb in, mm -hmm. right? Can they have a little more agency in how they get there? And then if they're struggling, like Kelty said, can we get flexible a little bit, mm -hmm. right? They don't have to have the bib around their neck. They, mm -hmm. The bib can be next to them. They can mm -hmm. get their shirt dirty. They don't have to be locked in, right? right. I love can we have the food maybe prepared before so we don't have to 
lock them into something, but the food's there and it's ready already. Yeah. And I think in the same way that a lot of people bring up like, oh my God, my kid's crawling out of their crib, you know, or they're running out of their room and bed now. I think it's, it's a good reminder that they're growing out of whatever that thing is. So maybe this 15 month old is like no more high chair. I'm done. I want like a step up, like a trip trap chair, or I want something with a little step up onto a regular chair. I want to be on my knees while I eat, or I want to be standing up while I eat on a stool. And so I think that it, it begs the question, what's going to work for, for our kid for this 15-month-old that doesn't want to get locked in anymore and isn't cool with that? 15-month-olds can also 15 olds can also sit on the flo- kitchen floor with a little tray table, mm-hmm. and that can be their meal, mm-hmm. right? So there's so many different ways that we can re- renegotiate the, the, the eating environment to mm-hmm. say, what's going to work with my child? What are mm-hmm. they showing me through their resistance and their behavior? That's why resistance is so amazing, and mm-hmm. that's what we work with in our small group coaching is saying, how can we help reframe that the resistance we're seeing is great because mm-hmm. it's allowing us to understand our kid better, to open up our mind, to get flexible with our thinking and our problem solving, mm-hmm. right? To bring them in collaboratively on that process. And it sounds like silly to be like, why would you work so hard for just, you know, <laughs> just stuff them in there, put them in there and lock them in their seat. This is not a big deal, but this is a really big and beautiful opportunity to create patterning, to create conditioning, to create trust in yeah. your relationship, right? Yeah. What what it is right now with a 15-month-old not wanting to be in their um, high chair and finding a way collaboratively to do it, then it becomes bedtime, then it becomes bath time, mm-hmm. then it becomes homework, then it becomes all these other things. So yeah. it, we, it's, it's worth the investment, I guess, is what I'm It's worth the say. investment and it's deserving of the investment too. Yeah. I think that it's a matter of consent to put our babies or kids' bodies anywhere, whether it's the bathtub or sure. their bed or a car or a a high chair or from one room to another or into a, a stroller, whatever it is, these are matters of consent. And so I love that this mm-hmm. parent is saying, how can I be working with my, my kid to help them into a situation that feels good to help them stay in that situation and maintain it so they can get enough nutrition and eating while they're there. Um, but I think that it's, it, like you said, Hannah, it's an incredible opportunity to be problem solving through this with our kids side yeah. by side, right? Instead of using those power over dynamics, how can we use power with? How can we collaborate? How can we get a little curious? How can we get a little zany and a little innovative with our kid about what's going to work for them and for their body, mm-hmm. right? Especially around food. We don't right. want to be coercive. Mm-hmm. We don't want to dominate that experience. Well, right? And it's tricky because with a 15-month-old, they can't tell us why they're resisting and why they're struggling and what they're needing maybe, but they can show us. And that's why they're showing us through their behavior. And if we can get curious and put words to that experience, that the sooner they're going to be able to be like, oh, I can just tell my parent what's bothering me or what I need instead. Mm-hmm. And I can show them too, but mm-hmm. th- those words and, and engaging in it like mm-hmm. this, it, it really matters. Yeah. Thanks for that question. I mm-hmm. hope that helped let us yeah. know. I think it was Tristan or someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have another question. Six-year-old, two-year-old, and baby. Mm-hmm. Two-year-old is so adventurous right now and runs off. We've practiced with stop and go games, but when they're out, he can d- dart off so quickly into the street behind shelves at the library. Oh. I feel like I'm either trapped at home or just in the middle of a huge struggle every time we leave the house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love this this question. And I think it's a perfect piggyback on from the last question, which is saying the power of our connection with our kids, especially when we don't have that physical tether anymore, especially when we're stuck with a baby or holding a baby or wearing a baby or dealing with a baby and we've basically got a baby on wheels, this little two-year-old that's just zip-zapping everywhere and it can be so unnerving. And, and that feeling of, um, honestly, fear that we've had being like, I can't go anywhere this feels unsafe. I feel like yeah. like nowhere is a, is, a, is closed off enough. There's no connection strong enough to, 
to make sure they'll hold my hand or make safe choices, right? I think it's also so easy for us to think, well, I have a baby now, and so Mm -hmm. my two-year-old is no longer a baby. Mm -hmm. My two-year-old should be responsible and be able to manage their impulses and do the things. Mm -hmm. And what's happening right now, from the very little I know in this picture, is that this parent has two babies Mm -hmm. and a six-year-old. So Mm -hmm. this parent is... responsible for both babies equally for their safety Mm -hmm. just as if she wouldn't allow her baby to crawl off by themselves at the library Mm -hmm. or crawl off or you know push a stroller out Mm -hmm. into the street she also can't allow her two-year-old to do Mm -hmm. that so it's unfortunate but she's basically essentially on double duty with Mm -hmm. two babies right now and just has to be closer to that baby yeah i was gonna say the good news is one is an actual baby that's probably immobile so let's try to think about them almost secondarily they can wiggle in the pram they can Hang out in the carrier. Let's make that priority the two-year-old. And I think that I would probably avoid playing start and stop games. Um, I think that maybe you're thinking of it as kind of a practice in terms of listening. Start, stop, start, stop, red light, green light, whatever it is. But I think that in those moments, at least in my own experience and with some folks folks we've coached, getting into playing games around those things can can sometimes get derailed in serious situations because they They think they're still in game mode, right? And so I think that just staying connected and allying with your two-year-old is the number one way to stay close and stay connected through those moments. So planning ahead, what are we going to do with the library? What are the rules again there? I was trying to think not my rules, mama rules, but like I read them on the wall. What can we do? We can touch books. We can keep our shoes on. We can and make kind of a, a list. We stay close. We're a team. We stay close. Right. How close? Like this close? Or like this close? Oh, that might be too far. Maybe like this close where we can still see each other. Is that close enough? Right. So we're, we're kind of making a positive association around making a plan and an agreement that feels collaborative mm-hmm. and that feels consensual as opposed to what we t- typically want to do, which is warm. So when we go there, we're going to hold my hand. Right. Or you're not going to disappear because you can't do that or we won't come back again. Right. right? And that adds extra kind of energy yeah. and heat around it that may, might make some two-year-olds be like, I'm going to test that. Now oh, I need to yeah. check if this well, is going to happen. And I mean, two-year-olds, I mean, I love, Kelty, that you're saying, how can we prepare an ally with this two-year-old mm-hmm. and help build their skills and their awareness and all the things? But two-year-olds be two-year-olds. They mm-hmm. don't have the brains, the prefrontal cortex built to inhibit the impulses to go run or to mm-hmm. go look at something or go touch something. Yeah. So even though we're doing all this work and saying, how can we build awareness, build teamwork, all of these things, at the end of the day, it's your job to keep them safe. Right, exactly. Yeah. So that's going to mean that we have to just be closer and keep eyes on them a lot more so that we can lovingly inhibit that impulse and re-guide them back, divert them back closer. Oh, yeah. you're wanting to go a little far. So instead of waiting for them to go too far to then have to reel them back, the minute we start seeing them going a little farther, mm-hmm. that's when we go and lovingly say, oh, remember, we need to stick together, mm-hmm. right? Or if you're going too far, we need to hold hands then, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's one of those things where we're going to have to be closer for a little bit so they, they learn, I don't run away from mama. Mm-hmm. I stay close to mama and she's going to show me over and over and, I think and over again saying, that I'm Instead staying of close. putting the onus on our kids to stay close, we stay close and that's how they're getting the practice. Yeah. Right. We keep that, that margin small between exactly. us. I love that. I think it, like you mentioned, Hannah, it's, it's so though. easy to think, especially with a new baby, gosh, this, this, my old baby is so big now. So I need to make sure that, that they know that they need to make safe choices. They need to listen. They need to pay attention. They need to follow rules. And that would be incredible. Okay, that would be great. so ideal. But it's not always a realistic <clears throat> expectation for our two-year-olds. It's not a realistic expectation for a 10-year-old. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. And then I think at the end of the day, there maybe we can't always be keeping an eye on our two-year-old. Mm-hmm. And it feels really stressful. And I think at that point, we are going to have to 
make decisions about mm -hmm. going certain places. Mm -hmm. Can I invest the time in working with my two-year-old right now at the park? Mm -hmm. Can I invest the time in working with my two-year-old right now mm -hmm. at the library or mm -hmm. at the grocery store? And if we don't feel like we can do it to create that positive association and build those skills, then I don't know if it's worth going out, right? Mm -hmm. It might actually be more worth it to just stay home. Where you say right now, we you can't to, really do that. You have to yeah. just weigh the pros and cons and not to blame the child or to tell them, I'm sorry, we can't do that because mm -hmm. you suck at it right now. Mm -hmm. To tell ourselves, we're just not there yet. Or mm -hmm. we're almost there and we're getting close, but I personally can't invest the wherewithal or to do it. could just be a daily thing. Today, yeah. I feel like I'm too spent. I'm already getting kind of snippy with them. If we go to the library and my kid struggles to pay attention or stay close, I'm not going to handle it well. Right. So let's not go to the library today. But if you're like, hey, I'm doing pretty well. I'm feeling close with them. I feel like we have a good connection today. Let's go to, let's test mm -hmm. that library trip out. I well, think I'm game. And back to the nervous system thing too, mm -hmm. I think uh, that we talked about earlier is our kids are just these bundles of nerves and they're everything that they do is trying to meet a nervous system need. It's trying to find balance and safety in their bodies. And so if this two-year-old is really wanting to run and get zippy and has trouble kind of focusing in and staying calm mm -hmm. when you take them out places before you leave, mm -hmm. see if you can get all those wiggles out, do a, a circusy kind of thing where they're flipping and dipping and running and crawling and go course on the and, couch and get them going so that by, by the time they show up, maybe they can feel a little more relaxed, a little more able to focus and hear mm -hmm. directions from you. Sometimes mm -hmm. that can help a lot. Yeah. But yeah, just a reminder to try to ally with those, with those kids who are just on their little mission and, and busy, busy, and just see, seeking to meet their own needs. How can mm -hmm. we, Reconditioned spaces, maybe where we've worn them off or yelled or said, you have to pay attention or you need to be close. Otherwise this, how can you don't we, listen to me then? How can yeah. we make it, you know, a little bit more collaborative, a little more connective, a little wink winky, like we're on a team together. And this is the six year old can be part of these, this agreement too. Yeah. Let's make it, let's have a big team talk about team library or team, whatever animal the kids are into right now, or mm -hmm. whatever it is. How can we all get on the same page so, so we can stick together and know where each other is and, know what our plan is for this outing, this adventure that we're going on. Right. So it really sounds like what you were doing mm -hmm. in our small group coaching. We talk about preparation, mm -hmm. right? Then we talk about presence in the moment. Mm -hmm. And then we talk about processing after. So any challenge we have with our kids, we can work it three different times. Mm -hmm. We can do it before. Hey, go into the library. What do we have plans to do? Mm -hmm. Build awareness, Good, mm -hmm. you know, create connection. Prep in the nervous system. Right. Also. In the moment we're we're present, right? Mm -hmm. We're willing and able to notice when we need to inhibit an impulse, when we need to get closer to them, when we need mm -hmm. to lovingly follow through, when we need to give information, when we need to pull the plug and say, oh gosh, I think we're all we struggling to, go home. to stay close to each other. This or it's just too tricky. Yeah. I today. see you really wanting to run across the street and just move those legs. And I wish I could help you a little bit and stay closer, but I'm holding the baby. So we got to get you in the stroller. I'm yeah, sorry. Exactly. And then after that mm -hmm. being present in that moment is the processing where that night when they're in a, we're in a moment with them, we can be reading a and book. They're more fond of we us than they were. We can be drawing something. We can be playing with toys, or we can just be connecting and saying, "Oh, the library. Let's talk about it." Oh, I that one you. book was so cool. Lead them with something they're interested in, excited about connecting about, yeah. and then say, "Oh, that was a little tricky when you started climbing up the bookcase, or right. that was hard when I couldn't find you for a little bit. I was really worried, actually. Mm -hmm. Where were you? What were you up to?" Right. You know, what can we do next time? So we stay together and feel close. And that's and bringing us back to the preparation. preparation. Step. We're yeah. starting all over. Lovely little loop here. So that's one of the, the ways that we move through challenges with folks in our private coaching and small group coaching, which is open until I think 
Sunday. Sunday, yeah. We yeah, start on Monday. Just a few more days to sign up. But so we work through all of these issues, right? Every challenge in all of these areas with our kids. We work with folks from usually from like twos to tweens. Mm-hmm. Um, and we say, how can we better equip ourselves before, mm-hmm. during, and after these challenges, right? Mm-hmm. The, um, the runner parent, mm-hmm. thank you so hard to always have yeah. him within arm's reach when he's such an explorer, but it's so easy for me to get into, we won't be able to come back here rather yeah. than taking it um, day by day, what he's capable of at that point. Yeah. yeah. I think that our kids' behavior feels so threatening to us sometimes, and it's such an inconvenience, and it's constantly shattering our expectations at times, and I think if we can rejigger that belief to always be thinking our kids are doing the best they can with the skills they have right now, right? right? And how can I meet them where they are and see that behavior as feedback? Okay, this is what they're showing me. Right. And the investment showing me we can't go to the library at four. Four is not a good time because they're like starving and hangry. And the investment that we make in, in, in deciding all of that Mm -hmm. is, is not by threatening them. That's not how they're going to learn or build all of the skills and put that responsibility and pressure on them. The way we do it is continuing to try based on our own capacity over and over and over again with the uh, preparation, presence, and processing over and over. That's how the skills um, are made and how they eventually feel ready and show us that they're ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that question. Think or blue. I have a question. We talk a lot about feelings here and my six-year-old has been having lots of big feelings but she has had such a low tolerance for when things don't go her way. Thoughts. Mm, yeah. yeah. So she's, she's practiced at talking about feelings, but she's just got a low frustration tolerance right now. Mm-hmm. And she gets disappointed really easily when things don't go her way. Mm-hmm. It's so natural. You Something bet. I can absolutely relate to personally. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, not not, not just my kids. I mean, talking about me. Yeah. yeah but also my kids. They get frustrated a lot when they have an idea of something in their heads and it doesn't go that way or they're creating something that's not being built the way they want it or they had this idea they didn't even express to me and only afterwards do I find out that their dreams were shattered and it's a huge deal. Well, and speaking of shattering, my daughter bought this up the other day. She's like, it's like sometimes our glass, if we were a glass, we would have thinner glass and we're more fragile and we're more easy, easily cracked or broken or shattered, you know, and she was talking actually about Kelty's kids and how they are thinner glass than she and her brother are. And mm-hmm. it was, it is true in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but I said, we're all a different level of glass in different situations. And maybe um, your daughter, your six-year-old daughter is just going through a little more of a stressful time at school or at home. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's, uh, her, her sleep has changed up or, or certain things are happening where she's just, her capacity is just lower where she's just a thinner piece of of beautiful glass right now Mm -hmm. and that's hard and think about it when we're a little bit more fragile what we need in those moments and I think we can can lend ourselves to our kids in that same way where we don't need someone to convince us we don't need someone to minimize we don't need someone to question question try to fix it or balance or fix Mm -hmm. we just need someone to say I'm here with you and you're safe in the feeling of outrage disappointment frustration sadness hopelessness Mm-hmm. All of those things, right? I'm, you're safe. I'm here. Oh, that is so hard. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And eventually, if she's feeling a little better, what can we do? I'm here to support you, mm-hmm. right? Do you yeah. have ideas? I have ideas. Do you want to talk, right? Yeah. yeah. Beautiful analogy, she says. Yeah. You have to tell Roy about that. Absolutely. But, yeah, and I think we can always post-process too. I feel like, you know, outside the moment when she's mm-hmm. feeling better, I feel like we've had some big feelings lately. Sometimes it's around, it's always around projects. It seems like maybe like around the craft table. I've just noticed it's just feeling frustrating or through transitions have been really tricky and you've had an idea of how they'll go and they don't go that way. And it's been really hard. Yeah. 
I'm Do you sorry. want to share anything about it? Right. Yeah. And then maybe I'm sorry if I can't support you the way you need sometimes. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I'm like, what, what will help her? What will help her? What will help her? And then I, I say something and you're like, no, no, no. Ah, mm -hmm. oh, mom. Blah. Mm -hmm. Right. And kind of make it fun. I have this idea. I'm like, oh, I know what I'll say. It's going to be the perfect thing. And then I say it and then it's just like, no, no. that was so wrong. Stupid. Wrong. Terrible idea. Right. And so saying, you know what you need sometimes much better most of the time than I do. So what can I do? Do you want me to just kind of wait and be quiet in those moments when you're really upset? Should I just be nearby? Would it be okay if I rubbed your back? Do you feel like that would feel good? What are some things that we could try if you want my support in those right. moments? Would you want nearby mom? Would you want back rubbing mom? Would mm -hmm. you want singing mom? Would you want hugging mom? Mm -hmm. And she can think and say, no, you don't have to think about it now, mm -hmm. but you can tell me. Anytime in the moment or after, yeah. what kind of mom you would want me to be in that moment for you? Yeah. I like can that. my husband do that? <laughs> that would be pretty great. <laughs> be pretty awesome. awesome. But I think basically just create, create safety, normalize the yeah. feelings. Oh, absolutely. Yes, you yeah. wanted this. Reflect back what we're hearing. If, if that's becoming kind of inflammatory, maybe dial it back a little. Yeah. That's feedback. That's the sensitivity right? there. And then we circle back later. We normalize it again <clears throat> and say, we're, mm -hmm. we've been going through a period of struggling or gosh, it's been stressful at this new school or it's been tricky geez, lately. I've noticed a lot of tears from all of us lately. Mm -hmm. And just see what happens. So much about this too is just, and this is something we talk about in our small group coaching, mm -hmm. is that uh, sensitivity can be so worrisome to us and threatening mm -hmm. to us. Like, oh, is my child fragile? Like it's such a bad term. Are they overly sensitive? Are they, mm -hmm. you know, um, so high maintenance? They're just hard to keep happy. They're never, you know, pleasant and easy going. I think we can kind of fear spiral a little mm -hmm. bit. And I think if we can think just about like, it's just, these are momentary feelings that come and go just mm -hmm. like our own feelings. They're not who we are. They're not who we're going to be mm -hmm. right. They're just these momentary little, little things. Yeah. And someone said that, um, as her girls got older, they needed different things yeah. and you wish that you'd been raised that way. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that you talk about this the part of the hardest part of our job is just the moving target of it all. Mm -hmm. One second, our babies need a pacifier and milk or, or fast swinging. The next second, they need just squeezing or bouncing. Then the next second, they're needing something else. And the next second, they won't even sit on our lap or they don't even want us in the room or they don't want loving words from us at all. And we have to keep thinking the connection is there. They're not in our bellies. They're not in our arms. They're not on our breasts. How can we keep that connection and that tether there, even well, if it's invisible? And that connection and that tether is security. Mm -hmm. It's telling our kids from when they're babies to when they're kids, you are safe. You're mm -hmm. safe in this world. You can thrive in this world. I'm here to support you. And that's going to look like crying. That's going to look like little tantruming. That's mm -hmm. going to look like rude words. That's going to look like anxiety. That's going to look like negativity. It's going to mm -hmm. look like all these things that our kids throw us. And what they're really saying underneath is, I need you to help me feel safe in my body. Mm -hmm. Right? How can I feel safe? I, I don't feel safe right now. I don't feel good. Mm -hmm. And we don't have to fix anything. All we have to do is calm ourselves and just say, I'm here to support you. What can I do? Mm -hmm. Right? Over and over and over again, the best we can. Yeah. All right. We've got to go, everybody. This is a quick uh, Q&A. But if you do have any lingering questions mm -hmm. um, or interest in our small group coaching, which starts on Monday, you can go to the link in bio here on Instagram or on our website if you're listening on the podcast at upbringing.co mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. learn more. But it's just little groups of 10 of us who are bravely parenting the sensitive and strong-willed kids in our lives, mm -hmm. showing up and growing up alongside them, doing some incredible work, not mm -hmm. just for ourselves, building skills that we didn't have, that we weren't given, not just building relationship with our child, not just building their skills, 
and their sense of self in a way that, that really aligns with our values, right? But also raising a different generation and building a community within the home that can go outside the home and make change. So mm -hmm. that's the goal here. We're all in this together. That. We're all growing up together. We appreciate you all so much. Mm -hmm. Please DM us any other questions you had that you weren't able to get into this live because we had mm -hmm. to be really quick about it. Yeah. Andrea, hey everybody. Hey. Great to see some, some familiar faces. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so check yeah. out the small group coaching on our website. We've got three days left to sign up for yeah. it. It's basically four Zoom calls through the month of February. Every Monday, hop on Zoom for two hours. And we talk about everything that's driving you absolutely bonkers about your child yeah. and your family life right now. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun. Yeah, it's It'll be, be good. Yeah. It'll be great. Okay. All right, this everyone. Fun. Thank you, everyone. We'll see, we'll you, see soon. you soon.